While Fuller House may be a family show, the Fullest House podcast is not. Listener discretion is advised. Fullest House Podcast, where we remember the pottery scene from Ghost. I'm Zach Horowitz. I'm Mark Green. And I'm Harrison Bloom. Guys, what did we just watch? What an episode. It's... Oh my god. I feel like... Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Even, like, halfway through this episode, things are already getting a little crazy. And I remember even thinking halfway through this episode, wow, we haven't left the house (laughs) <laughs> and everything has happened. Yes. Oh, so much happens. Oh my it's god. It's insane. And we don't li- like we don't go anywhere else. You're right. We don't go anywhere. Mark, you just blew my freaking mind with that cuz I totally did not realize that. I didn't. Holy shit. More than one of these storylines naturally lead outside of the house. Yeah. And we don't leave the house. Yeah, in fact, they they tell us about all the crazy shit they were getting into outside of the house. But they never leave the house. I mean, we see the backyard, but... In classic Fuller House fashion, they talk about important things that we did not see happen. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But guys, this episode is a freaking ride from start to finish. I mean, it starts off with... um, Jenga and Jenga, <laughs> but I was gonna say before there's a uh, Stephanie's uh, producing a new song. She wants to make sure if it's good with like the youth demographic, so she's testing it out on Tommy. Yeah, she like puts headphones on him, and it's and very cute. Their headphones cute, on a baby. But uh, in my mind, the only thing that I could think of is like I'm just imagining her playing like heavy metal for like a baby. She's putting headphones on a baby, and it's just blasting Metallica or something like that. I don't know. Is that metal? I don't think that's metal, but... (laughs) Harrison knows what I'm getting at. That was an example of our famous segment, Musical Bits. We have a a jingle now. We've been informed that we have a jingle now. I was aware. (laughs) Mark was aware. Harrison and I were recently informed right before uh, the filming of this episode. But... You're right, Zach. It starts out with a joke where Stephanie puts headphones on the baby. Headphones on a baby. Yeah, I, the reason why I describe it as that is we don't even hear the music, and there isn't really a joke beyond that. She's just kind of like, here, there are headphones on this baby now. I expected, like, Tommy to cry or something, or to be like, hey, No, just, just baby. Does he have the range in him? <laughs> I mean, we've established He's grown as an actor We've established he's not a good baby So maybe not Welcome back to our uh, our other segment Mark th- makes fun of a baby's ability to act <laughs> I'm gonna own it Yeah, yeah, yeah There are a lot of baby actors out there And some of them are really good And like Why aren't the good babies getting work Is my thing It is not a meritocracy out there. You're right. I mean, all of the baby actors are hired because of nepotism. It's just not And on the subject of it not being a meritocracy and things not being fair, Jenga! Jenga! That's right. We got it. We got it. Well, folks, we got an absolute... I couldn't think of more. An an amazing main event of Jenga tonight. I want to see where you're going with this. The one and only... The favorite to win, J Money, the heavy favorite. J Money, J Money, Jenga Master, self-given nickname. He does say that. And the contender versus Mad Max. Max. He's here to kick J Money's ass at WrestleMania no. or Jenga Mania. It, it, it's just Max. He's he's the younger he's the younger sibling, so he loses. I disagree. Excuse me. He he deserves to have a nickname. He was already. We already had an episode called. I mean, Mad that, Max. I mean, that's where I was going with the bit. But I mean, if you want to take it that uh, that way, that works. Zach, you got a yes and. I was doing the bit. You got a yes and. I Someone know. takes it in a different direction. You got it. I know. I taught improv to children at one point. Yes and. <laughs> there you go. That's the spirit. Is it, is it too late for that? A little bit. But yeah, J-Money is beating Max at Jenga, and we learn that he always beats Max at everything, but particularly at Jenga. 
that J Money always winning at everything. He's such a winner. He's such a winner. He's such a winner. He's such a winner He's in so life. He's so good at everything. He's so good he at everything. <laughs> everything. I mean, Jay Money has been on a winning streak. He's yes. he's winning over Lola. He uh he's somehow managing to suffer through hundreds of dollars of debt in uh with race. J Money is sitting pretty right now. Finally, everything's coming up J Money. <laughs> <laughs> everything's coming up J Money. He is, as Zach said, a self-proclaimed Jenga master. The quote is J Money, Jenga Master wins again. I am so ashamed that we thought J Money was never gonna come up again for a brief moment. Because it genuinely does come up every episode, and it's my favorite thing in the and world. It is wonderful. More than my family. Oh, oh okay. I, I mean, I don't know if I would have gone that. <laughs> More than my family. I don't know if I would. I mean, we've been in quarantine for a while. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I'm just not gonna say it. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't make jokes in front of you, Zach. That's me, the the, the joke ruiner guy. Zach. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, Mark, you got a yes and. You're right. But anyways, uh, Max gets real upset because J-Money's always beating them at everything because J-Money's just so good at everything. Jenga money really is. Yeah, the, the J and J-Money stands I for think... Jenga. <laughs> it does. It does. His name isn't even Jackson Fuller anymore. It's Jenga Fuller. It's Jenga <laughs> J-Money Fuller. No, it's Jenga Money Fuller. It's the Lost episode where where, where J Money gets his name changed. Yeah, it's, it's like uh, it's like there's that one like cutaway gag from Family Guy where it's revealed that Meg Griffin is not short for Megan, but it's short for Megatron. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a quality joke. But Stephanie sits J Money down and tells him how hard it is to be a younger sibling and to lose all the time because she always lost to DJ at Twister. Mm-hmm. And they talk a lot about how Steph always loses to DJ at Twister. Yeah, I was going to say, Steph has like a real grudge against DJ about how yeah. good she is at Twister. And it is Twister specifically. At first, I was like, oh, they keep repeating this Twister joke. It's not as funny as they thought it was. But then it was like, no, Steph has deep-seated issues. Oh, yeah. <laughs> This is something she's been dealing with for the entirety of her life. DJ is really good at Twister. It's 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 uh, it's inhuman. Yeah. So so Stephanie suggests, uh, knowing the PTSD of losing to DJ at, at Twister, she suggests to Jay Money that uh, he just you know lose on purpose every now and then to uh to you know bolster Max's confidence, which. Is a thing that will have no consequences, I'm sure. Yes. So what happens then is that uh, they play another game. Max makes the first move. He takes a block out, puts it on top. And I was waiting for J-Money to just slap the tower down. (laughs) Well, actually, actually, I have to say, that actually comes later. They play Jenga again later. I I know, but it felt like the natural progression to just talk about one plot first. I understand, but I think this is what's significant about that. When she first said, hey, maybe try losing a game to Max every once in a while, I thought it was going to be a different game. Yeah, that's also... But apparently, apparently they only had the money for one set of Jenga blocks. I thought it was going to cut to them playing like Monopoly or something. Jenga's the game of the generation, similar to how Twister was the game of DJ and Stephanie's generation. How they could only play one game. (laughs) There can only be one. What would be our game? Fortnite? <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> Me too. Me too. So they're playing Jenga again, presumably because they didn't have the budget for more games. Yeah, I was really hoping that J-Money would just, like, smack the tower, like, not even try to hide the fact that he was throwing it. And he doesn't really hide the fact that he's throwing it all that well. But he does it in, like, a much less dramatic way where he'll just where he just like grabs one and just lets the tower fall and is like, oh no, I lost. Yeah, he does say like, oops. <laughs> but Max is 100% convinced 
Yeah. And celebrates profusely. He lets this one win go to his head immediately. He does like 18 different celebration dances. He takes <laughs> off his shirt, revealing the wife beater underneath. He has an undershirt. Um, we agreed that most likely he's cosplaying as Freddie Mercury later. Yeah. He just needs to switch costumes very quickly. Yeah, there there is no other conceivable reason for a child to wear an undershirt like that. Anyone who says otherwise, I don't trust. Yep. As we know, all children really love Freddie Mercury. Of course. <laughs> yes. Yes. Hero to children everywhere, Freddie Mercury. It's it's an it's now an established part of the series that Max is a really huge Queen fan. Yeah. It's all because of that very popular children's film, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes, indeed. <laughs> We're just the misfits playing to the rest of the misfits. <laughs> that line, that's that's not exactly the line, but there's something so ridiculous about like, we're for all the outsiders because we're outsiders and we're playing in the back of the room for the people in the back of the room. <laughs> I, could, I could listen to hours of bad <laughs> speeches like that. This is going on. Also, I, I do want to mention another like side plot thing going on is that Kimmy is uh she overheard the boys playing Jenga, so she started playing Jenga on her own. But this time, with deli meats. Yes. She's playing sandwich Jenga. Sandwich Jenga. And and DJ comes in, and she and DJ and Steph start talking about DJ's dating life as they always yes. do. Yes. And tonight yeah. it's Steve's turn to take out DJ. It's time for Steve. I did want to say that Stephanie is team Matt and Kimmy is team Steve. Yes. And the reason for that is because Kimmy is just team Steve and Stephanie just wants to root against Kimmy. Which, like, come on, Steph. Just like, just like have fun. Don't, you don't have to ruin things for people. I know, right? What if they're placing bets? Like, what if they've got money riding on this? Does that change the dynamic? Am I remembering later? Do they actually yeah, I was start say, betting I, money? I, I, oh, do I, they I do remember that? them do. I I could be wrong, but I don't. They might. But that's that's for a later. That's for a later day, dear viewer. Maybe this is how Stephanie is going to resolve her credit card debt. That's right. Yes. She's gonna get a gambling addiction. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. I know what'll solve my problems. <laughs> Going to Vegas. Betting on my sister's dating life. This is going to be easy. Guys, I think we discussed Team Steve or Team Matt, but who who, who do you bet DJ would end up with? Who, If we had to place a bet. Oh. Steve. Yeah, I would, I would probably put myself on Team Steve just because Steve is just the more entertaining character at this point. Yeah. Like, Well, not just that. I, I think... He is more of a dad than Matt is. Yes, that as well. He definitely shows that this episode as which well. Which we notice in this episode in particular, which is important for her, you know, being a, a single mom. And and they their energy is more cute than steamy, which I think is what the show is going for. That's a very good analysis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Steve enters the room in like full on 80s uh, gear. Yes. Steve enters in Steve cosplay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's dressed in his varsity jacket. He has a wig. He's got a cheap wig. <laughs> Either that or he grew a bunch of fake looking hair very quickly. Oh, yeah. And he and he's going to take DJ back to their high school for their date and have a picnic. And they're going to relive all their cool memories. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that uh, going back to your old high school when you're older and dressed up as your younger selves is frowned upon and will get you kicked out of the high school. To be fair, they also explain that part of the reason is um, he had a knife on him. Oh, yeah, that's also a valid point. <laughs> there, there was context for it, but I forget that. I, Steve just had a knife. <laughs> I do remember why, but I almost feel like I shouldn't remember. I shouldn't say it. I think it's almost better without context. Wait, he's our spinoff for this episode. Oh my God. <gasps> okay, I'm listening. I, I have two. I have, okay. two. I have two. We're listening intently. Either a gritty, like Dexter style drama where Steve is a serial killer. Interesting. Go on. Uh huh. Or Steve is using his knife and his disguise skills mm -hmm. to fight crime to fight crime 
indeed. We got it. Yeah. We have, look, here at the Fullest House Podcast, we have a formula to our spinoffs. If it's not about fighting crime, we don't want to see it. <laughs> it's like the Fast and the Furious movies. At the beginning, it's just about racing, and then by the end, everybody is a kung fu action hero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can drive a car, you can... <laughs> <laughs> Or honestly, the logic in that movie is you can drive a car, you can ram a car into the side of a building from another building. <laughs> in a street fight. The street. <laughs> street. The street always wins. We can't go down this road because I could say the street always wins in a bad Vin Diesel impression with you guys. For hours. <laughs> yes. We know. We've seen you do it before. It's your favorite quote from a movie you haven't seen. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. I mean, I I, I understand. I'm the same yes, way. Yes, it is. Harrison, that's the thing about street fights. <laughs> <laughs> the street always wins. Uh, but yeah, Steve, then there's plan B, which is he comes back. I believe plan B is he comes. they come back to the house and Steve makes burgers. Yes. Steve Steve starts making burgers, and we get a very steamy scene. Okay, hold on. Let's let's start off with first. Uh, he pours uh, DJ a bunch of wine, like way too much wine. A lot. Which yes, IMDb trivia bit. Um, I told you guys to read the label on it while we were watching, and I don't know if you guys did. I didn't no, catch I didn't, it. I didn't catch it. What is uh, it? So the wine that they're pouring is actually uh, Candace Cameron Bure's wine that she makes. <laughs> What? She has a wine brand? Wait, we didn't mention it earlier, but this is one of two. Okay, okay, let's get into it. Okay, let's do it. That's right. Oh my God. First off, this is Candace Cameron Bure's wine, meaning that the actress Candace Cameron Bure, who became famous for playing DJ Tanner on Full House, exists in the Full House, Fuller House Mark, universe. I'm going to take it one step further. Yes. I'm going to take it one step further. Because there's another joke yes, when Steve no. is leaving. I know. Where they are playing. Know, where he I says know. that he's playing Alanis Morissette in the car. Yes. And, uh, they're, you know, the song You Wanna Know by Alanis Morissette. You Wanna Know, and yes. And DJ is saying, oh, you know who that song is about, right? And say it with me now. Three, two, one. Dave Coulier. <laughs> I honestly wasn't sure if you were going to say Canada's favorite son, Dave Coulier. Yeah, I hesitated. I was like, wait, which epithet? Um, yes. <laughs> which, like, I was already, when we were watching it, being like, wait a minute. That song's about Dave Coulier. Dave Coulier is an actor who was on Full House, playing a character who shows up in Fuller House. I mean, who was also in Full House that take place in the same universe. So, like, what does this mean? Did Dave Coulier play Uncle Joey in the TV show Full House? On Full House? Is Full House a documentary? Harrison, can I, Harrison, can I talk to you for a second? Uh, hold on. Harrison, he knows too much. No, no, he hasn't gone far enough. Guys, we predicted this. It, it's the dystopian future. It's happening. All of the Dave Coulier clones are beginning to show up. It is pretty wild that this episode alone implies the existence of two of the actors from Full slash Fuller House... In the full slash Fuller House universe, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's two out of the three IMDb trivia for this one. And guys, the last one, I'm saving this one. Did you know that the episode called "Save the Dates" is a reference to a save the date for a wedding invitation? That piece of trivia makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> Same. I legitimately didn't know how to respond to that like that's just so yeah <laughs> i know i like i was looking through and i was like why is this here like obviously <laughs> tyler asks are we calling this universe the house verse i say yes yeah yes oh my god <laughs> but like the other two pieces of trivia are so significant and carry so much meaning with them that for the third one to just be like <laughs> hey you ever heard of Save the date invitations. <laughs> That's what this episode is called. Oh my god. No. But seriously though, do you think the TV show Full House exists in the house first? Do you think that Dave Coulier and Candace Cameron Bure became famous doing other things in this universe? Guys, he's on he's on overload. He's he's gone too far. <laughs> Well, I guess we gotta wheel in another mark, you know. 
Just turn them on, just flick the switch. Oh, hey, guys. I blacked out for a second there. Mark, you're a robot? <laughs> what? What? Am I a robot? Am I a robot? Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, guys. What were we talking about? Mark, you're you're back. He's back. Back from where? Back from where? It doesn't matter. Never mind. We're all here together now. Let's get back to the episode. Um, DJ and Steve were talking about good times they used to have. Not the sitcom. Yeah, not the sitcom, but just like normal good times. Good times they used to have. Um, they do talk about seeing the movie Ghost. And I don't know about you guys. I was very tickled by the line where DJ says like, Oh, how could I forget the scene where they're doing pottery? Which is just a very famous movie scene. Yes, Mark, we referenced that in the intro to this episode. I know, I was trying to bring it up in a natural way, Zach. Okay, I'm sorry. Trying to make this sound like a conversation and not a bunch of planned out bits. I mean, that's it is a... I have notes, it is a conversation, but I have notes. Imagine taking notes for a podcast. <laughs> High five, Harrison. Boom! We're not actually in the same room, so I just clapped and made it seem like I, made it sound like a high five. A little bit of a movie magic for you guys. <laughs> a little podcast magic. Exactly. Yes, podcast magic. But yes, uh, they do bring up the the pottery scene from Ghost, as though it isn't like an iconic scene. Yeah, like it's very much like saying like I think we you guys brought this up earlier. It's very much like saying, "Hey, God, oh man, don't you remember that scene from Star Wars where uh, Darth Vader says?" Luke, I am your father. Oh, man, what an obscure scene. It's like, yeah, I remember it. I live on the Earth. <laughs> yeah, it's like, the, it's like that scene from Titanic where the boat sinks. <laughs> it's exactly like that scene, yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just wanted to feel included. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Thank you. Yeah, but the scene <laughs> takes a very strange turn. They recreate the scene from Ghost, uh, but with a twist. Instead of pottery, it's raw ground beef and eggs. For burgers. Isn't it so sexy? Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, bow, yeah. Bow, bow. Mm. It's like that song, Day Bow Bow. I, I mean, I was joining in on the bit, but I'm, um, I'm actually confused. Do you guys not find raw meat sexy? I mean... It's more of a Friday night kind of thing. It, it was like a, a Wednesday afternoon date. It's it's just not the right time. Yeah, Mark, you know? what happens in the bedroom stays in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. I don't feel comfortable disclosing mm -hmm. uh, things like this on the podcast where it's like a public forum. Mm -hmm. But I can say mm -hmm. uh, I have experimented with raw meat once or twice. I don't know where this is going. <laughs> it, that, it just got really... I, the longer I kept talking, the more uncomfortable I got. I thought you were reaching a good place. The line about I've experimented with raw meat is was funny to me. Yeah. I, I thought you were doing good. <laughs> Thank you. I, I appreciate your phrase mid-podcast. Zach, I think, you know, Tyler just is also lending his support. He says that the joke was very well done. Well done. Tyler, I hate you. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, Tyler. I love you. That was a joke. It was this scene where we remarked, like, you know, Steve, this scene, as weird as it may be, because they even they start singing the song. Yes. Yeah. From Ghost. Um, as weird as it may be, this scene might be the proof that DJ should end up with Steve. Because as we've discussed, DJ's main character trait is mom. Yes. That's like her main and pretty much yes. only character trait. Yeah. And Steve has real dad energy yes. in this scene. Oh, yeah. Throughout this episode, honestly. Steve, if I may say, is a daddy. He is such a daddy. I'm, I'm not going to deny that. Steve is daddy. And it's, it's, very, it's very weird. They start singing. It's very awkward. I, I could tell, like, DJ just looked uncomfortable when he started, like, putting his hands on hers. When Steve started putting his hands on her hands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But she gets into it. She she tries. She, she, she tries. really tries. She tries to get into it. But oh, it's our 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 boy, our our wonderful boy. And they do kill that their rendition of Unchained Melody. Yeah. They really but do guys, kill it. I also do want to I do want to say we're a decent amount of the way through the podcast and I just want to mention I think we would, it would be remiss of us if we did not say that this episode is the triumphant return of our favorite boy, Fernando Hernandez Guerrero, Fer Fernandez Guerrero, Hernandez Guerrero. 
think I got it right. Wait, have we not have we not brought up the Fernando subplot at all? I don't think so. No, we've been we've been moving. Oh shit! Yeah, Fernando's right. in this episode. We've been moving subplot by subplot, not um, yeah. chronologically. But yeah, Fernando is back, and he has prepared a wonderful scavenger hunt for Kimmy. Yes. Which we should say before he unveils the scavenger hunt, Ramona. I actually, now that I say it. I have, I have a critique of this episode because Kimmy and Fernando are, are smooching. Mm-hmm. And then Ramona walks in and catches them smooching. And their big secret is revealed to their daughter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it has no bearing on anything. Yeah, it never comes up again. That's That was my that was what I was realizing. Ramona about. doesn't really do anything this episode, now that I think about no. it. No. No. It's almost like the writers forgot about her forgot like forgot that they needed ramona to know about their secret by now (laughs) and didn't write an episode where it mattered that it was a secret does she need to know about their secret i don't think anything that happens is contingent on her knowing about it yeah harrison sure we didn't we didn't get her secret yet but we got baseball oh yeah (laughs) i think that's more important baseball baseball that's right ramona seeing her separated parents back together is a very juicy thing and the show just kind of drops yeah i also do want to mention when fernando brings up the scavenger hunt uh he breaks his act he sends scavenger hunt in like an american accent and it's so jarring with like his normal voice like obviously we know that juan pablo de pache does not speak in the fernando voice normally yes Right. And we should say that when he goes back to speaking how he always speaks, the subtitles say, in quotes, his normal Spanish accent. <laughs> that completely yeah. normal accent it's that a, human it's beings It's a very have. normal accent. <laughs> it's completely normal. He's not, Fernando isn't a cartoon character. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like, he leads Kimmy around the house. He has like a nice dress for her and everything. He takes her into Ramona's room. And there's just like multiple people inside of ramona's closet which begs the question how long were they in there (laughs) we don't we don't see her completing it and we don't see when he set it all up which this scavenger hunt this is part of what i was saying when i said maybe this episode should have gone to different locations like a scavenger hunt kind of justifies that the implication is instead fernando snuck into the house and then into everyone's rooms at some point yeah. And set up a whole scavenger hunt. The first thing is in, like, Kimmy's closet. There's also, like, multiple strange adults in Ramona's closet. Yeah. Also, there's a chair for Kimmy's massage. And Ramona didn't know about any of this until that morning. So she <laughs> just true. woke up with yeah. a massage chair in her room. And she didn't question it. <laughs> That's true. The... The people Kimmy finds that Fernando hid or give her a spa treatment. And there's a massage chair in Ramona's room. And yeah, apparently Ramona just woke up and said, like, I guess this is my life and went on. (laughs) I'll be honest. If I was living in that house, I feel like a chair. I feel like waking up with a random like massage chair in my room would be the least of my worries, given like how weird the show can be. Like, that's practically normal. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) It's not that weird in comparison. Compared to when we literally had a cow in the house. Yes. Is it weird that this episode is far stranger than the episode where there was a cow in the house? Yeah, that is. Oh, that is weird. Mm. It's, you know what this episode feels like? It feels like a bunch of people trapped in an alternate dimension. <laughs> Trying to understand how humans act. Yeah, they're in just this purgatory where things don't make sense. <laughs> right. Oh, God. It's our third spinoff of the day. We still haven't finished the series. Maybe that's how it ends. It's a twist. They were all in hell the entire time. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, the city of San Francisco is just hell. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so this all leads up to... Kimmy goes outside and Fernando prepares to serenade her with a song that he wrote. Only the problem is mm-hmm. uh, he starts singing and he gets too choked up to finish. He's immediately overcome with emotions. 
And Stephanie has to step it. in and finish Stephanie the song. Stephanie has to not only sing his lyrics, she has to perform the lyrics as Fernando directs her while, like, kind of... I, I was going to say hysterically crying, but he's not really. <laughs> he could be doing the actions, but instead he has... He has Stephanie do it. Stephanie, like, give Kimmy kisses up her arm and, like, hold her close. And then straight up kiss her. <laughs> yeah, the lyrics demand for it. Stephanie says, I'm not doing that. Fernando says, no, you should kiss my wife. <laughs> and then Kimmy is the one who says, I'm getting a kiss. Grabs Stephanie's face and just smooches Stephanie. And then yeah. conveniently, Fernando is good to finish the song from there. Yeah, I, I think he immediately, like, oh, it's, yeah. That's when he's like, no, enough, enough of this. And it's like, man. <laughs> We're just begging for yeah. this. <laughs> Which makes me think this was all part of uh, Fernando's master plan because at this point he's just, you know, a serial adulterer. <laughs> True. That's right. He, he wanted to see his wife kiss a, another woman. <laughs> it, it was the one fantasy he could never he could never fulfill. <laughs> exactly. And once the song ends, he gets down on one knee. It's a nice, tender moment. And Steve, not Steve, Fernando. <laughs> I'm getting my sad boys confused. Fernando is like, Kimmy, will you, Kimberlina, will you make me the happiest man on earth? This this accent is going horribly. Yeah, I ditched the accent. I know you're doing a specific character, but I'm just worried. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to ditch it. Will you make me the happiest man on earth and divorce me? <laughs> and we were all just like, what the f- What? Well, do you want to hear, do you want to hear my impression of Tyler in that moment? Yes, go for it. What? <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, I hope that did you proud. Oh, you're completely right. Uh, yeah, you you are completely right. I yeah no, I immediately <laughs> said to Tyler, it gets worse. Oh, yeah. It gets worse. But by the way, thinking that it happened later in the show, but no, immediately. <laughs> you want to take it from here, Mark? I was, yeah, immediately. Fernando says, you know, we have. He he explains very tenderly, kind of like you've been wanting me to finally signed the divorce papers for the longest time we have to end it so we can begin our romance anew (laughs) and he stands up gives kimmy like a falconry glove and then (laughs) in a wide shot a very real bird (laughs) it's a very it's it's a very fake bird against it's the bird with really bad green screen (laughs) yes and then they come into the regular set and a real bird flies onto her arm carrying a ring. Hold on. Can I do my impression of Mark during this scene? Yeah. It's a bird. It's a very real bird. It's a good impression. You Thank like you. Me. I tried. Uh. I was dying of laughter when Mark just kept yelling, it's a very real bird. <laughs> it's a very I was not expecting to see such a bad fake bird for the one shot that was there. Oh, none of us were prepared for that. Oh, it's magical. But Fernando, seconds after giving her divorce papers, proposes again, <laughs> which she gleefully accepts because these people are monsters. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to have to go, they're going to have to spend so much money and get spent so much time getting their marriage license. They could have just renewed their vows. Instead, they choose to get married again. Yeah. These people are weird, man. <sighs> but yeah. I also do want to mention, there's also a thing before this that we forgot to mention that, uh, you know, Steve and uh, DJ are out in the backyard doing, like, parenting stuff. This is, like, really where the dad energy and Steve, like, really hit home because they're just playing with Max and Jay Money. And then Stephanie comes out and is like, hey, DJ, I'm settling the score in Twister. Because, again, this grudge has lasted for too long. Uh, yeah. It's, I, I do like how in this family, it's not really about, like, the older sibling beating the younger sibling regularly. It's always about a very specific mm. game. Yes. That's right. So they play each other in Twister. Mm. And also, DJ is playing in heels. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she didn't even think to, like, take off her shoes or anything. She's just playing Twister in heels. Which, like, you know... It's true. Re- you know, credit where credit is due. Yeah. 
She she wins in here. Women, they can do anything. They can do it. And but well she she does win. By cheating. Say, by Harrison. cheating. <laughs> by cheating, yes. She also rips her pants mid twister game. She does. That that's true. She rips her pants. Just when I thought we were past like oh stinky kind of jokes. DJ rips her pants, which I know isn't oh stinky, but it feels like it's in the same family. But then she mentions that she had a lot of either onion or garlic uh, earlier that day and just breathes on Stephanie. Well, they just ate pizza. And just breathes on... I mean, yeah. They just, and just breathes yeah. on Stephanie and Stephanie's like, uh, I'm fainting now. Oh, right. It is an oh stinky. It is an oh stinky. Uh, that's where I thought you were going with it. Yeah, no, I, I, um, I forgot that it is indeed, oh, stinky. There's also <laughs> another really wonderful, wonderful point earlier where, like, Stephanie gives Max the talk about, you know. Yeah, oh, well, did, did we even say, because I know we were talking about Max celebrates profusely, does, like, 18 yes. touchdown dances. But then immediately after celebrating and finally discovering his self-worth, he walks out of the room. The second he's out of earshot, Jay Money says something like, "Well, I am glad seeing how happy it made him. I am glad I made I let Max win." But that's I think it was like I think he said like that's the last time I ever let him win or something like that because you let it okay, go to his yeah, head. Okay, yeah, mm. yeah. He he says yeah that's the last time I ever let Max win. Max immediately walks in and says, "You let me win." <laughs> I. It's like, just. Wow! What? <laughs> Such a quick yeah. turnaround. Yeah, it's like it certainly subverted my expectations. Which Max <laughs> later plays Jenga again, but this time with Tommy, and yes. immediately loses on the first turn, and is like, "You win, Tommy. Now you now maybe you'll have a chance at a normal, happy childhood, and not in therapy." <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, Jesus, this took a turn. Yeah. I think he does say at the end of that, like me. Like me, yeah, yeah, yeah. But before he loses to Tommy on purpose, Stephanie does have a heart-to-heart with him where she explains... That the, he's not a loser. That, he just He's just not a winner. That Well, she explains it in the parable of Marky Mark. Yes, the Wahlbergs. Out, oh, outshined yes. by his brother from New Kids on the Block. Donnie Wahlberg. Until he put on Calvin Klein underwear and sang goodbye briefly. Yeah, and became a rapper. And that's all he's known for, being a rapper. <laughs> well, that's how, that's how he became big. He, yeah. He's, he's rapping. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I know Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Not personally, but I know of him. So they have their little, their little moment. And then later, Max comforts Stephanie when her trauma resurfaces after losing to DJ again. Yeah. And Twister. Yeah, well, and Max Max says they need to find Marky Mark's magic underwear. Yes. Yeah. God, guys, again, talking through it again. This is such a weird, weird episode. Oh, my God. There's a lot in this episode. So much happens. It's, and it's kind of crazy. Which really gives us a lot to talk about, especially coming into our next segment. The sad boy of the week. It's time, boys. Oh, it's time. So we were watching this episode and like the entire first half of the episode from like when Steve came in in full 80s gear until around the scene in the backyard. We were all thinking like, oh, Steve is just going to run away with the sad boy of the week. Yeah. And at the very end, we had multiple other contenders just shoot up. Yeah, this isn't it wasn't even like halfway through the episode. It was like the last major scene. Yeah. Suddenly we have some new contenders. Yeah. So let, let's go one by one. So the obvious one, for most of the episode, we were like, okay, Steve. Perennially sad. Yes, perennially sad. Dr. Steve Hale. Trying to live out his glory days and getting shot down <laughs> repeatedly. Then we also have our good, good boy. Fernando. 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 Yes. Really, that last scene, like, really just rocketed Fernando. The second he started crying. The second he started yeah. crying, we were all like, oh, wow. Oh, Like, yeah. suddenly, suddenly it's not uh, a runaway. It's suddenly not a runaway. And it's, he, yeah, um, just Fernando in this episode. I'm not, I'm not, like, oh, just like, what 
the we talked about the proposal, but like what the fuck? Yeah, we're really getting glimpses of the Fernando that we know and love. He divorces his wife. Only to, so that he can remarry her. Courtesy of a very real bird. In the undetermined future. Yes. Courtesy of a real bird. And then finally, we have the youngest sad boy, Max. Yes. The littlest sad boy of all. I think it was mostly just that one line about needing to go to therapy. That we were like, okay, yeah. after that line, he's like instantly at least in contention. Yeah. Like, I feel like in most other episodes, that line alone would just win you the title. But this episode <laughs> has so much weird shit going on. <laughs> yeah. And I do think, hold on, can I nominate one more person just as... Yeah, I was going to ask if we had any other nominees. Yeah, I have one more. Yeah, I, I was going to say I have one more who I don't think is going to win, but I think deserves at least a nod. Uh, Stephanie for her years yeah. of holding a grudge and oh, Twister. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. And also, I mean, this isn't really so sad, but she she takes that song with Kimmy like a champ. Yeah. And, you know, I think that... And she does it for a grand total $20. Yeah. Well, she wrote the song for $20, and I guess now she also performed it for $20. Yep. So let me run through. Break it down. We have Dr. Stephen Hale, who is going on a date with his high school girlfriend. So he dresses up like himself from high school, gets kicked out of their old high school and has to go back to her house where he tries to do this weird, sexy burger making thing, (laughs) which, by the way, I don't think we mentioned after they're done mixing the burgers Steve says, like, oh, that worked so much better than when I practiced with my dog last night. Yes, I forgot about that line. <laughs> and also, right after that as well, Max enters the room and is like, I know Aunt Stephanie's in charge, but uh, can we have some food? So then they oh, yeah. ditch the burgers yes. and get pizza because Steve does not have enough burgers for everybody. And and that's another thing where, like, uh, earlier Steve says he's going to make burgers and Stephanie's like, ooh, can you save me one? And Steve's like, uh, yeah, there's not going to be any left over and just, like, gestures yeah. to himself. Oh, I also, I forgot to bring it up earlier, but this is, this is why we have Sad Boy of the Week. Uh, when he leaves to go on his date with DJ, when they leave, immediately Steve runs back into the house and takes Kimmy's Jenga sandwich. I thought you were going to say that, like, DJ leaves to go get changed into, like, her 80s gear, and he immediately takes the time to uh, scope out the competition with uh, Kimmy and Stephanie. That happens, too, and I did like his line, um, I wrote it down. I know I look super cool, but I'm a nervous wreck. <laughs> I mean, he does look super cool. Yeah, he does. In his he does. Varsity wrestling jacket and cheap wig. Guys, Steve fucks. <laughs> Steve fucks. Steve fucks. Oh my god. Um, I mean, I don't think there's much more sadness left. But yes, he does his weird burger thing, which we find out he practiced on his dog. Which, like, I'm sure that reg- I'm sure that like violates some sort of like legal or ethical or moral code sure of course he this isn't sad it's very sweet he plays around with dj and her kids um and then when dj's playing twister he grabs her again and again starts singing unchained melody and is told hey steve not now (laughs) because i i think as we know steve can't read a room yeah (laughs) Um, yes he cannot now i think it's time to move on to fernando who one presumably broke into the house to set up a scavenger hunt two in the middle of performing a song that he wrote for his wife breaks down crying and makes stephanie just some lady (laughs) sing it but not only sing it makes her act it out nibble on his wife up until kissing these her. are almost the no mark I, I know mark's making it sound weird but these are like almost this is almost word for word what fernando says in the episode musters up the strength to finish it good on him goes down on one knee serves her divorce papers <laughs> only so he can bring in a falcon he rented to deliver a wedding ring so he can propose again instead of just renewing their vows or something 
Like normal people. Like normal people. It's very extra and not in any good ways. Harrison, I, I don't know how many times I'm going to explain to you that Fernando and Kimmy are not normal people. You know what? You're, you're, that's fair. That's fair. I shouldn't expect any more, any, any more normal. They're a strange duo. We have Max, who has been beaten down so much by never winning a game of Jenga. And again, it must be Jenga specifically because they don't seem to do anything else. That the second his brother very obviously lets him win. Again, J Money's line is, oh no. <laughs> Max is the happiest person in the world. He immediately lets it go to his head. Takes off his shirt. Immediately lets it go to his head. And then when he finds out it's not real, first hides in the doghouse. And second, in a very kind yet sad scene, throws a game to his own little brother so that his own little brother will not end up sad and in therapy like him. Max is certain that the rest of his life will be spent broken and alone. Like Stephanie. Forever. Like Stephanie. Speaking of Stephanie. Which brings us, speaking of Stephanie. See, I'm coming in with the transitions. That's my thing. Which brings us to Stephanie, who is still salty all these years for never winning Twister to forgets to feed the children she's been <laughs> put in charge of, challenges her sister to a game of Twister, loses because her sister cheats, but like doesn't seem to think anything of it. I guess they play with these weird rules where if you cheat and win, that's okay. It's dirty Jenga. It's dirty Jenga. There's no referee stepping in. What happens in the backyard stays in the backyard. No holds barred. The only rule is there are no rules. Also. <laughs> the second rule is the rules of Twister. <laughs> we, we have structure here. And then Ben is forced to sing a love song and perform the romantic actions with a woman who it's established she does not like. And I think that's how her day ends, right? Pretty much. That. Yep, that's it. She ends up getting comforted by a seven-year-old who assures her that one day they will find Marky Mark's magic underwear. Yes. So, so who do you guys vote for? God, I honestly don't know. You guys go first. There are a lot of real sad yeah, boys in this like, episode. Okay, for me, it's down to Fernando and Steve. Yes. Yeah. I think even though we kind of started with him and I don't mean to go back to the starting place, I think just the amount of sadness Steve shows throughout this episode. For me, I think Steve's my sad boy, though I would love to get Fernando on the board. And he's pretty sad in this episode. I personally feel I, I have an argument for Fernando. Mm hmm. So the amount of sadness from Steve was certainly higher. Like, reaching the stratosphere, if you could tower it up on top of itself. But Fernando's sadness at the end was so shocking and so powerful. I think it might just trump it. I think it might just trump oh, it. Oh, God. You know what? I think I'm switching my vote because you're right. We left that episode going, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, what was that? And that wasn't because of the bulk of that episode. That was because of one scene in specific. Guys, I, I, have, a I have a suggestion, and feel free to shoot it down if you want. Um, but this is clearly the closest race we've ever had yet for Sad Boy of the Week. Yes. And I personally would not be opposed to giving both of them the Sad Boy of the Week. In an unprecedented move, we can have two Sad Boys of the Week. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my vote. Okay. I might throw it to Tyler. Wait, well I, I mean I haven't voted yet, but wait, are you guys both Fernando? I I believe I'm team Fernando. I was gonna say if Tyler says he thinks there should be two sad boys this week, I would accept two sad boys because it is so close between the two. Yeah. It's so close, and I honestly like I don't want either of them to lose, so I'm like, oh I, I wanna give it to both of them, but if we if we wanna go just one, I'm fine with that as well. But if it's one, I, I think it's got to be Fernando. Like, and, and that's not just because we love him and I really want to see him on the leaderboard where he belongs. It's just like, yes, Steve was sadder for like the entire episode. 
But like that one scene, Fernando went all out and we left the episode being like, what the fuck did we just watch? What the hell did Fernando just do on our screens? I gotta give it to Fernando if I gotta vote for one person. Yeah. I This might become a controversial pick. This We might go down in infamy. But yeah, Fernando. I think so. What a triumphant... A triumphant first appearance on the sad boy of the week leaderboard for our boy, Fernando... Fernandez Guerrero, Hernandez Guerrero, congratulations. Juan Pablo de Pache, this is going out to you now. Uh, since your character is finally on our Sad Boy of the Week leaderboard, you can come on our podcast. Please come on our podcast. Please come on our podcast. Please. Please come on our podcast. We've been saying this, like, a lot, and you are yet to reach out to us. At least at the time of recording this episode. Who knows uh, what will change. But please come on our podcast. Yeah. Get to talk about Fernando and... And, uh... We'll ask you about other things, too. It doesn't all have to be Fernando if you don't want it to be. Yeah, of course. I also do want to bring up, uh... We did get a text from Tyler saying, uh... He's going to give Fernando the win because Steve ends on a happy note. That is true. No, that is true. Fernando... Fernando starts out very happy and becomes very sad. Steve starts out extremely sad and ends up happier. So, I think... Mm -hmm. I think Fernando... Again, I think it is just the strength of Fernando's sadness to a certain extent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, like, the strength of Fernando's sadness in that one scene alone just kind of carries him. Although Steve is a very good contender this episode as well. Finally, someone... Like, I think this is the first time we've had, like, a full episode of Steve and he didn't win Sad Boy of the Week. Which shows just how strong of a competitor yeah. Steve is for Sad Boy of the Week. Week in and week out. Yeah. Fernando was the underdog in this episode. I know. And I feel like this entire, like, segment and this entire thing started because of our love for Fernando, which is really weird. And, like, Steve was kind of like our, yeah. and Steve was kind of like the second character who we kind of grouped in with that, but it was mostly a Fernando I thing. think, I think our love for both of them. But, yeah, uh, Juan Pablo de Pache, please come on our podcast. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, with that, I think, uh, I think it's time to wrap it up. What do you guys think? Yes. Yeah, I think we're, I think we have made our peace with this episode. Yeah, it was a weird episode. God, it was weird. And if you want to hear more about these weird episodes or just the podcast in general, you can follow us on our Facebook page and on Twitter and Instagram at Fullest House Pod. Once again, I'm Zach Horowitz. I'm Mark Green. And I'm Harrison Bloom. And until next time, may your houses be fuller. And oh. I love my dog.